Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Coin Basics Podcast. This is the 1st of February, 2023. At time of recording, the price of Bitcoin is just below $23,000. Satoshi's per Bitcoin, 4,356. And the all-important block height is 774,559. I am here with Gordon. And Gordon, we just had a great interview. Tell us about it from your perspective. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fantastic. We we interviewed Gilbert from theminingfuture.com. Uh, this is a res- as a lot of these episodes are the resource intensive. So I will link all the stuff in the show notes. So check that out. But yeah, head across to resource, uh, theminingfuture.com. And you may remember we've actually interviewed Will from SAS Mining. So I guess these guys are sort of competitors, but it's really interesting to see how this space is evolving and what it's mm. doing. And we discussed this in the interview is it's basically bringing Bitcoin mining to individuals because in the past you couldn't really get into Bitcoin mining. You had to spend, I mean, some of the minimum orders were, you know, a hundred miners sort of thing. And I, I remember when I tried to actually buy a miner, I think there was some sort of minimum. Then they were going to say, well, you're on a wait list. And then you wait like nine months or a year to get your miner. By the time you get your miner, the network is, you know, the, the hashing power, the computational power, the network difficulty is so much higher. So basically what you've done, you've, you've bought a, you know, $3,000 brick that um, you receive a year later and you can't actually make any money from it. So I think what they're doing is fantastic. It's bringing Bitcoin mining to not only retail, but just bringing it to individuals and everyone listening to this episode should have a look into Bitcoin mining. Yeah. And all those key terms Gordon just mentioned, we do go through them, um, in basic terms as Bitcoin basics podcast. So if you're interested in mining and you should be, um, yeah, have, have a listen to this episode and remember to reach out to us if you have any questions or if there's any topics you want us to look out. And just very lastly, Farris, a lot of people may be listening to this Bitcoin mining. Oh, I don't care about Bitcoin mining. I bought, you know, a couple of thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. It's on Coinbase, bad idea. Or you've actually listened to us and you've actually withdrawn it to your Trezor, Ledger, Passport, mm. or whatever device. Bitbox. Sorry? Bitbox? Bitbox. Yeah, Bitbox <laughs> Um, And that's great. And you're like, well, I've got, I've got that. I've got self-sustentry. I actually own my Bitcoin. Why do I care about Bitcoin mining? Well, actually, you should care about Bitcoin mining. Um, there are actually many reasons, but perhaps one of the biggest reasons for us that we actually never discussed in the uh, episode was actually privacy. You're actually getting yeah. virgin Bitcoin that don't have mm. any transaction history. So uh, Bitcoin, yeah. and, and some people actually mine Bitcoin at a loss. Like they mine, mine Bitcoin at like 30% loss just to get those virgin Bitcoin that have no transactional history. So um, you might not think that you're interested in Bitcoin mining, but have a listen and I think you'll, you'll change. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Hi Gilbert. Uh, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Um, Gilbert Corbella, is that right? Corbella, yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Fine. Well, you know, I heard my name in several different ways. So, is that Italian? That's, that's what it is. No, it's uh, Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, I know this question's super boring, but who are you? Uh, what are you doing? And um, we'll get into. We'll certainly get into mining later. On. But maybe give us your pre. Who are you? And maybe a pre-Bitcoin sort of story. Sure. Sure. Well, first of all, Gordon, Faris, thanks for having me today here. So impressive your, the work you're doing in the Bitcoin community. And um, well, so I would say my story started very early times, but thanks uh, basically to my brother. He's a very good technician. He studied the telecommunication engineering and so on. And back in 2013, he heard about uh, Bitcoin. You know, 
know, very, very early times. He was a kind of a freak of, well, he's a big of a jig, you know, on uh, creating his own computers and so on. So back then, he set up just an, an, his own computer that was uh, mining Bitcoin with a Raspberry Pi. Well, a very, let's say, basic computer system. So back really in the early times of Bitcoin, he, he already started uh, this way. So me just watching it, so it was, was nice. So that entered like my first, uh, let's say, insights on Bitcoin. But to be very honest, I mean, I followed a different path and I did not really get back to Bitcoin until 2020 with the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm a father of three. So I've gone through the last years a very intensive time. So now the kids are slowly getting older and that gives me a bit more free time. But I think that during the pandemic, the fact that, you know, I was working in a corporation and then we were sent all uh, due to the lockdowns working home, that enabled me to have a bit more free time. So I started studying first, like trading activities. I started trading some of the cryptos and so on. But uh, slowly, I realized uh, by studying a bit more in depth what is Bitcoin and what it has to bring to our uh, individual sovereignty, to the way how, you know, I learned a lot on how the money uh, works in our system, how, um, you know, today sometimes uh, it looks like through our third parties uh, and the banks and so on. So there is like, you need to leave uh, with permission, right? So if you have your the money in your bank, uh, you will not pass it or let's say transfer to whoever you want unless you, you have their permission. If you want to go uh, take out your money from the bank just to have it in cash, you will always have some troubles or barriers, especially when the quantities are high, you know. Um, so that made me realize that there's really better system than that. And it's not other than Bitcoin, right? And well, by learning all that, let's say with my brother as well, we got very deep into Bitcoin. We invested big times. And then we got all the bull run of 2020, 2021. Uh, so that really, let's say, we made big profits out of it, let's say. And at some point, uh, we decided to say, okay, what do we do now? Okay, so we, we wanted as well to invest on our own uh, business. And my brother back then, let's say in 2021, he moved to Georgia, not the state in the US, but the country in the Caucasus, okay, where the electricity is very cheap. So let's say being there, he just made, a, or let's say, met and, and created himself a network of people which is very much connected with crypto, with Bitcoin, with Bitcoin mining. And well, that is when the, the opportunity came, we realized how cheap the electricity is there, how, let's say, the, the, the percentage on uh, hydroelectricity is there and you know in 2021 in June you may remember this point where Elon Musk was saying how you know crypto mining was not the most uh, clean energy um, or that is not making use of the clean energy and so on at this very same time the Ch China banned Bitcoin mining so the whole thing let's say happened in between and then we decided to create our own company and started mining initially for ourselves so with some of the profits we did on the bull market, so we bought some equipment and so on. We created with some local partners, uh, so our installations. Um, and the reality is that at some point then in 2022 and at the end of the 2021, um, with the bear market, we had some difficult times because after all the investment, the effort and so on, um, due to the bear market, at some point we had to disconnect our miners. So we reached that point where you would say well what do we do now right so we just like uh, throw it away and we forget about this and everything lost but well let's say after some talks that's discussions we said no we just need to keep this up because we realized as well that it's not only about mining for ourselves but the opportunity we could give others to access bitcoin mining in an industry that it's not so easy yeah, because you need to have the context. Uh, there's lots of scams. If you just at the internet and want to try to buy a, a Bitcoin mining, a Bitcoin mining uh, hardware, there's plenty of scams. So you need to, let's say, have somebody that takes with your hand, especially when we're talking about retail investors. And many people around us, despite there was the beer market, they were very much interested in this type of investment on where you can buy the hardware. And it's like, it's not like you hold Bitcoin and for like five years, but you have this, um, let's say, constant cash flow 
coming to your pocket, right? And this is some somehow interesting for some type of investors. So coming back to the point, we were at, at this moment, hard times, where our miners then finally got the, the turn-off point. But we kept, let's say, trying to find some other partners then in the Middle East region, in Dubai especially, and Abu Dhabi and so on, in Kuwait as well. And basically, we moved there. And uh, let's say the electricity rates there are much cheaper. So we could kind of restart again. And with that, despite all the beer market, now hopefully we just touch the bottom. Uh, but let's see. Yeah, I don't want to do any predictions on the price. But despite the, all the difficulties, there's still a lot of interest. We see that uh, the fact that we're not only mining for ourselves, but giving this help to others in very competitive prices is really paying out. So slowly we're growing. Um, we're growing quite a lot at the moment. And well, we're really looking forward to the future because if during the bear market, such a big interest on retail investors to enter the, the Bitcoin mining is, is uh, such, such big. So what is, let's say, looking forward, especially if we're now looking into the next bull run and so on. So we're trying to get ready for that eventually. But um, the utmost in the end is that we're not only let's say, bringing some benefit to ourselves, into our, let's say, uh, because we mine Bitcoin only, to be very honest, okay? It's not like we do any cryptocurrencies or they're like altcoins. Other investors and friends of us, so they, they just want, but I believe more of a speculative investment. For us, the core is Bitcoin. You need to always have the portfolio majority in Bitcoin. And then a small portion, if you wish, for a speculative purposes, trading, whatever, then you can always invest in some of the shit coins. Maybe some people in the community will kill me, but honestly, I mean, Bitcoin is the core. You cannot talk blockchain and say it's not Bitcoin, right? So one is connected with the other. The rest are projects similar to any other stocks and market shares and so on. Let's face it. And well, that's so, pretty much it. Uh, so. Just on that, because um, you've got a fascinating story and I've, I've got heaps of questions. Um yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Why why mine Bitcoin? Why not just, you know, give a blood and semen sample to Coinbase and buy some Bitcoin? Yeah, let's say, well, we started with Coinbase at some point as well. I mean, but uh, let's say um, I found in many people, friends of me, or family, relatives, and so on, the, the technical difficulties. So there's people that do not really understand what is Bitcoin, right? Nowadays, and uh, there's all this education that you need to give. It goes together with Bitcoin. When we talk about individual sovereignty, it's not just having Bitcoin and that's it, but you need to understand what it means having it into a hot wallet or having it into the cold wallet, what it means having your seeds, protecting them well, not just in a paper, whatever, but uh, or having, I don't know, a simple password manager. There's many people that would not use this, but it could help big times when you are into this industry, right? Um, so yeah, I think not last there's house. a lot of opportunity. <laughs> Probably not definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a bit like when you get into this digital world, there's many other things that come together. That you know, it's it's easy indeed, as you say, no, go to Combis Bitcoin by Bitcoin. It's a good start. But if you want to get deep in that or doing uh, do it well, just that to avoid similar situations like in the FTX or many other companies, right? That misuse the the, the, the client's uh, funds. I mean, you need to be aware of what Bitcoin bringing to you to understand how to manage it as well. So if you want to have individual sovereignty, control your own, um, let's say, wealth, you will not be able to do it through a, a central, uh, let's say, a CH, right? So um, that's, that's a bit the, the situation. We found it as well with some of the investors that approach us and so on that, they really would like to start with it, but there is all this whole thing that needs to go to it. So I think there is a lot to do. Uh, Bitcoin has a lot of, uh, let's say, potential. Uh, nowadays, what is said between 10 to 15% of the active population, let's say, is today using Bitcoin. So what we have ahead of us is crazy. Probably within the next 10 to 20 years, we, what we have ahead of us is like unbelievable. And probably when we will be there, like in 20 years from now, and say I bought Bitcoin at 20,000, 10,000, whatever, even 50,000 probably was like a big offer, you know, so it was a discount probably what, what is ahead of us. So I think we are still very early in the times. 
Yeah. Uh, so, um, Gilbert. Sorry, can I jump in very quickly? Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to something you said in your introduction there. Um, and this, I think this is very important for our listeners to understand. So you mentioned that even though you were in Georgia and you managed to get cheap electricity, you turned your miners off. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, it, what price did Bitcoin get to where you were no longer profitable mining Bitcoins? Because basically what you're saying is the price of electricity was more than the returns you're making on, on the Satoshis and Bitcoins you're receiving. So I don't divulge this if you don't want to, but at what price did that get threshold get to? And how long did you sustain that for before you said, okay, we need to switch our miners off? Yeah, so, I mean, there are a few variables in here. So, and again, I would need to get a bit more technical, but let's say when you're bit mining Bitcoin, there are few elements, which is the mining difficulty. At the end of the day, this is an occasion of how big is the Bitcoin network. The bigger it is, uh, and because there is more computing power trying to mine Bitcoin, the um, network adjusts itself, the, um, uh, the code of Bitcoin let's say, adjusts itself to always try to keep one block every 10 minutes. Right? So, and this happens every two weeks. So the the uh, difficulty changes. Every, and for the audience, let's say, what, what is important to understand is that within those two weeks, the computing power can increase or decrease. But let's say this every two weeks will get always readjusted so that Bitcoin will be mined every 10 minutes. Okay, understanding this means when the difficulty grows high, okay, you will need more computing power, so more energy to mine a bit le less Bitcoin. Okay, that would be the first variable. The, the second one is obviously the Bitcoin price. And so... You mine, you get Bitcoins as a revenue, and this has a price in USD equivalent, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have your electricity price, which is the consumption the miners need to, to perform these uh, calculations. And this is a USD normally fixed rate. Yeah? So uh, normally in the industry, you would say uh, these days, what is, uh, let's say, considered a good price would be 0.06 cent per kilowatt, kilowatt hour. Okay, 0 0.06, let's say 0 0.06, 0 or 6 cents um, or 7 cents, let's say that would be a, start, a good starting point. So back then in Georgia, we we're paying around uh, 10 cents. Okay, so when Bitcoin was at the prices of 50, 60, almost 70,000, that reached, that was not really a problem. But then when it started dropping during the beer market, reached the point, I think it was around the 25,000 or 28,000, something like this, and where we realized that with the prices we were paying, the difficulty level we had, and the level of revenues that we were at a break-even. So at that point, it does not really make sense. Yeah. So then is when we we started looking for this alternative, uh, trying to find a more um, ch cheaper and more affordable electricity. But I think this, in the end, is what really happens Cross. I mean, this proves that when the miners get into a situation where they turn off, right, um, they flow into different areas where the electricity is cheaper. And the electricity is not cheaper just because. It's cheaper because the offer in the certain regions is normally, let's say, uh, lower than the, uh, sorry, higher than the demand, right? So, and I think that this is very important because in the discussion, it's always said that Bitcoin uses uh, resources against the cities, against people, against the development. That's some of the narrative that is said around. But this is not true. Bitcoin will always flow, Bitcoin mining will always flow into areas on where there is excess of electricity and thus it's cheaper. So actually it's using, it's, it's helping making better use of the resources we have uh, from from our energy sources, right? So where there is excess, there's mm -hmm. going to be cheaper price and Bitcoin miners will flow there. And Simple as that. Mm. How cheap is the electricity in... You're currently in Dubai? Uh, yeah, nearby, let's say. Okay. Um, how how cheap is electricity there and where does it come from? <clears throat> so today there is a mix of uh, gas. So we don't call it renewable energy, but clean energy. Okay, so mostly is is gas in the in the area, and I think there is a percentage still on on oil, fossil fuel. Yeah, but on our side, we are nearby a gas station, and we're connected, let's say, directly in that case, so we can confirm that our sources is hundred percent gas, so flared gas. Yeah. 
Um, but we, we're not only there, we are offering as well in the Latam area services where, for instance, the hydroelectric, so hydroelectricity is like the, is in excess, Paraguay, for instance, or Argentina. Uh, so it's quite of uh, two examples. Um, in the US, it really depends on the area, but hydro as well is quite, uh, let's say, uh, there are some areas where hydroelectrical electricity Canada as well, there is plenty of uh, hydroelectricity. Um, other areas, let's say, would really depend. If you think of Europe, for instance, now, everybody is fleeing Europe uh, from, from, let's say, of the mining industry. Why? Because we have prohibitive prices. The energy is not necessarily the most clean uh, these days. Okay, so many as well of the investments on uh, clean energy has got, got stopped. And especially because of the prices you're paying three, four, five times what you pay in, in the United Arab Emirates, for instance, in the South America. So would really not make sense that you install, maybe on the Northern area, so with the, the Scandinavian countries, you may find some good areas. But besides that, the rest of Europe is, is dead for Bitcoin mining these days. Yeah. So we find as well plenty of customers that are fleeing these areas like Europe into more profitable or let's say on more uh, excess energy areas like uh, South America or the Middle East. So go but I mean, someone listening to this in our podcast is called Bitcoin, Bitcoin basics. So we try and make this approachable. Hopefully by now, Faris, our audience knows not to leave their Bitcoin on exchanges. We say every single episode, get it off your exchanges, get it into cold storage, whether that's right. a hardware wallet, paper wallet, whatever it is. Um, someone listening to this might be like, okay, well, I've got Bitcoin and if I'm going to buy Bitcoin in the future, I'll buy it from an exchange and I'll transfer it immediately to my ledger or my Trezor or, um, whatever device. Um, that's good enough. Why, why do I need to mess around with mining? Like that, that just seems too difficult and just seems like mm -hmm. something that big corporations do, not individuals. Well, I mean... I would not agree, right? So it's the same. It's like you have your dollar or your euro, your bank, and what is the percentage they keep on their reserves today? This is a fake system, USD. So banks keep like 5%, and thank you very much. And this is already a lot to say. Probably some areas could be even less, right? Well, in the central exchange, it's, it's in a centralized exchange, it's exactly the same. Mm. I, I mean, that right? if they buy it immediately, so they buy it on Coinbase, bad example, the worst exchange right, right. of the world, they buy it on Coinbase, but they immediately withdraw it to their hardware wallet. They're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I've got my Bitcoin. Okay, that, that would be, I would say, my, my approach, but it's, it's about how much you have invested. If you have just a small portion and you don't mind maybe or you just need to trade it. I mean, I think that the point is if you have a big portion of the portfolio, which is, let's say, relevant to your wealth. So I don't know, 30, 40% of your wealth is in Bitcoin. Don't keep it in the, the, the exchange, right? So better you take it out. If you just put $100, which is a 0.001% of your wealth, eventually you can keep it there. And that would not be, it's, it's more about, and I think, um, how, I mean, if I would keep my wealth into a, an exchange, the, the question comes as, do I trust the third party? If the answer is yes, okay, go with it. But it has some risk, right? And my recommendation would always be is like, for me, transferring to the cold wallet would always be like the, the secured um, option. So let's say so, I have all my Bitcoin in my uh, hardware wallet. I've got all my Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I've backed it up, you know. I've done multi-sig, I'm, I'm good to go. Then I hear about Bitcoin mining. And, and so can you give us an argument why someone should want to maybe um, use uh, the mining future, your business, as right. opposed to just keeping Bitcoin in a cold storage device? So, I mean, there are investors that would invest just for the long run hodl, as, as we say, right? And just keep it for five to 10 years. Um, there are other type of investors that go for the cash flow investments, right? 
Um, if I would need to convince somebody, I don't have to convince anybody. So I don't go there and say, sell your Bitcoins to go to a Bitcoin mine. I would never do that, such a thing. It would be a mistake from the beginning, really. Okay, so I could have some business interest, right? But I would never go with such recommendation. We start discussing with customers when they are already in the crypto business, in the Bitcoin business, and they are interested on, okay, what is Bitcoin mining? Why would this come to a benefit, okay, as an aggregate to accumulate more Bitcoin? It's as an addition to it, okay? So uh, some customers would sell portion of their Bitcoin to go for Bitcoin mining, right, and accumulate more. The reality is that based on our mathematical models, you can accumulate in the, wrong, in the long run. So if you invest today with the prices today, your Bitcoin, and exchange it to hardware to mine Bitcoin, you can get in five years around 10 to 20% more Bitcoin. So Sorry. It, gives you, it gives you kind of a yield. Yeah. So it's you invest your, well, let's say your Bitcoin, you can get up to 10 to 20% based on our mathematical. So I want to jump on that because that's a really important point. So what Gordon was going on is say, okay, today the price of Bitcoin is $23,000. Right. I jump on an exchange, I'm buying Bitcoin at that price. With mining, and I just, I'm just going to go over this for people who are new to this space. So when you're mining Bitcoin, you make a percentage of the transaction fee, which is minimal Satoshis, but you are potentially getting what part of the mining reward. So a certain right. amount of Bitcoins are released in every block. There's no guarantee you can get that. That's just random. If you, you can have one miner potentially get it or it's a warehouse full of thousands mm -hmm. of miners get it. Um, so what you're saying is that, yeah, if you, you go and you buy Bitcoin, but if you mine Bitcoin potentially because you're making um, a percentage of the transaction fees, but also potentially a, a, you're making some of the new Bitcoins that are being mined, mm -hmm. then that's where you make that 10 to 20% more because you get that reward and transactions rather than just going out and buying it. Is, is that what you mean, the differences? Me 10-20%? Yeah, because I think you mentioned a good point. Maybe I just took it a bit too uh, easy. So for us, and what we recommend to our customers, if somebody goes and buys mining equipment, it's not to do the mining solo or the solo mm -hmm. mining. which is You put your miner and you compete against the whole network. No. Yeah. We, we recommend to use the pools, okay? The yeah. mining pools. When you do that, you... In the end, so uh, let's say, if you go for the solo mining, at the end of the day, what you're doing is competing against the whole Bitcoin network. Okay, so probably then you, isn't where the lack plays a role. So if you or your miner, let's say, put unblock or, or hash one of the blocks, you would get the full 6.25 Bitcoin reward plus the fees of that block entirely. However, what happens? The... Uh, let's say the probability of that happening when you do the solo mining is so low that most likely would not be profitable for the miner, okay? Unless you have a big farm of plenty of miners on where you can really have a 1% to 2% of the full net mining network, it would never be profitable. So what miners do is they aggregate their computing power into the mining pools. There are few in the market, okay? But the, the basic concept is you put your miner working into a community of different minings against the whole, let's say, um, let's say network mining power. When that happens, mm -hmm. these pools, they have different ways of divide the profits of the total community within the pool. And normally we, we recommend our customers to use the one that is called the fair pay per share, which means that this, regardless of what the pool has mined on a certain day, you will get the equivalent theoretical of rewards because at the end of the day, how many blocks are mined every day? Mm -hmm. So it's every 10 minutes, you have one block. So at the end of the day, with the current 6.25, you can do the math, but it's like 900 Bitcoins are mined per day. So if you mine through a mining pool, the percentage of your share within the total mining network is... Could be, let's say uh, can can is is what you will be rewarded, right? So said that it means you have a guarantee that regardless if your pool has found the block that day or not, you will always get that uh, re revenue. 
okay, which is okay, equivalent to the percentage you have across the whole network, the, the share you have, uh, mm -hmm. and you will get this percentage from the 900 bitcoins that are mined every day. So now coming back to, to the point is when you mine this way, you remove from the equation the lag factor. There's no probability, right? You have, a, a, let's say, a revenue, which is a daily, okay? And then when you extrapolate this into five years, yeah, because normally the investments in mining are done for five to six years, okay? The amount of Bitcoin you get doing estimates of how much the difficulty has grown over historically, like over the five, the, the last five years, you extrapolate this into the next five years, you do some maths as well. And well, we have some uh, patented model, okay? So some of our customers, they come and say, okay, I want a consultancy, a study, on what could be my potential revenues and so on, we always turn to, let's say, we come to a conclusion that between 10 to 20% is the revenue or the extra Bitcoin that you can accumulate buying nowadays a tier one uh, mining hardware, hardware. Yeah, so let's say the difference is I have you have two possibilities. Maybe the, the safest one is you get your Bitcoin holding in your cold wallet and you keep it there for five years. You invest this Bitcoin in mining hardware and you have the possibility to increase this Bitcoin by 10 to 20% in the next five years. So with that, with the, with the hardware, because you can jump on eBay right now and you can find like an S9 miner for 250 US dollars or you can get the brand new one for $10,000. Right. What's the difference? Wouldn't I just go for the more expensive one because then I'm guaranteed of getting more Bitcoin? Yeah, it's a good question, but I would say I would never buy through eBay, never ever, because you don't know what you're buying, ever. So you would always have to buy through a, a brand or a supplier that would have a reputation um, as well because of the warranty factor, okay, and the, the reality of the price or that you would not have a markup just because, you know, you, you don't really know what you're buying. The situation with Bitcoin mining hardware is that it fluctuates almost daily together on how fluctuates the crypto market and Bitcoin market especially, right? So today you would be paying for a miner that one year ago you were paying 10,000, as you say, today you could be paying easily $2,000. So it's very important as well the moment when you access this industry, right? So if you pay $10,000 today you're mining, the return of investment of that investment at least this year is not very positive, right? On the long run, probably, as soon as Bitcoin recovers the price and so on, it will come up and you will recover. But this period is whoever bought in the peak right now is not necessarily in the best situation. While as, as right now, buying Bitcoin is right a good moment, right? To accumulate as much as possible is the very same thing in Bitcoin mining. You enter now cheap prices for hardware as soon as Bitcoin will just recover a bit, you will see how this investment is returned much faster. So if so if you buy buy miners in a bear market, the value of the miner should go up in a bull market because it's supply and demand. More people want to start mining. Yes. yes. But let's say a new miner comes out and it's much more powerful and it's a ten thousand dollar miner. Is that guaranteed that it's going to get more uh, bitcoins out of the reward block? Does it work that way? Yeah, yeah, initially, yes, of course. I mean, the price is associated as well compared to the competence or the competition of uh, among other miners. Obviously, the, the highest one is the, the or the highest price one is because as well is the one with bigger revenue, right? So, um, but it's not just you buy it, you install it, you will win because yes, you may get more revenue, but if your electricity, as I said before, is very high. Mm -hmm. Okay, you will go to the break event. So it's important the factor of first, you need to have the cheap electricity access. Secondly, you would need a powerful miner, sometimes the best one, let's say, sometimes like the second or third best, it's, it's already enough. Uh, but you always need to keep up to date because due to the fact that the difficulty increases year by year, yeah, if you would try to mine now with a miner from two to three years ago, probably the revenues would be far too small right so it would not really pay out most likely but to be honest it's, it's true as well from the previous bull market there were some miners that were sold in 2020 2021 during the last bull market at higher prices that they were sold three years before 
on the previous bull market. Wow. So when you so when you talk about S seventeen or uh, mm -hmm. let's say like the tier the previous tier two tier three miners nowadays that still some of them are mining during the previous bull run they were sold at much higher prices than they were previously. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Uh, so yeah, just following, sorry, fix my camera. Just following on that line, Gilbert, uh, just one thing I want to make clear to our audience is um, if you buy the brand new powerful miner that costs $10,000, um, that will, because it's more powerful, that will run through um, the processing the processing speed is that much faster that it will basically get more satoshis and have a higher likelihood of getting the blockchain reward but what happens then is that doesn't last forever and that's where the difficulty adjustment comes in is that correct that's correct that's why normally in the bitcoin mining industry each hardware would need to be let's say or they have a life cycle around five years now the most powerful the Bitmain, which is the main, let's say, uh, manufacturer, would say that the, the last one that they released is going into up to six years of lifespan. And it's not because of the computer system cannot really work. It's because of the difficulty that at some point after five years, it's expected difficulty will rise so much that you need to renew your your mining equipment to one new generation one mine. Um, on the other side, the top Bitcoin mining solution today the most performing it does not really cost even ten thousand it's more in the range of five thousand so the prices really dropped significantly in this very market while the very same machine a year ago could be so like maybe fifteen thousand something like that right so there is this point of the fact that it fluctuates so much with the market <clears throat> that even ourselves in the in our uh, e-commerce shop that we have in our website we cannot really keep up with the, the changes in the prices. So we cannot really sell like you would sell, I don't know, a book on the on the store, right? So we just keep some sort of tentative prices, but our customers would always have to reach us to get a quote so that then we can consult it with our suppliers. In uh, wow. So it, it goes this way. Every single day from our suppliers, we get the list of all the minor equipment and the price that is expected for them. And they just last, every quote is 24 hours valid. Next day is another one. Wow. Yeah. So, so even in some peak periods, it changes by hours. If you receive it on the morning, in the afternoon, you could have a different uh, price. Wow. This like is, how, much, how much different are we talking? Uh, in, in sharp drops or sharp increases, when sometimes uh, we know Bitcoin volatility has been, so it could be 20%, wow. 10% in daily changes. In, it's, it's a bit of crazy. But this is how it, it works. Some some customers, we need to explain them. Because like, hey, I paid yesterday this amount. I see this now it's lower. How is that kind of happen? Mm -hmm. yeah, well, guys, it's, it's not about buying a car. It's a fixed price. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah like Tesla at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story. But yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we, I don't, I'm not sure. We've interviewed uh, Will from SAS Mining. I don't know if you're uh, aware mm -hmm. of SAS Mining. Um so give us your elevator pitch. Like what do you tell your family and friends or investors? What's your sort of high level? What is the mining future? And how is it not a scam? Like there are so many cloud mining, cloud mining uh, services yeah. out there. So give us, your, give us your elevator pitch. Definitely. So from the mining future, our aim is democratize the Bitcoin mining. I mean, the Bitcoin mining in our way of envisioning it needs to be accessible to everybody, not just few big players in the industry, right? And today there was this segment still a bit missing on where the retail investors, you and I, could go buy the Bitcoin mining and not in a cloud because these clouds are a cloud. It's too dark to my eyes. <laughs> Sorry for the competition, but it's, yeah. In here, what we offer is you go, you buy your hardware, you have your computer, and instead of installing it at your home, we offer these remote services on where you can install it in of our 12, uh, let's say, data centers we have spread around the, the world. Depending on the, let's say, familiarity of certain locations, some people would prefer South America, some others North America, some others Middle East. But in the end, the idea is you get your computer, we will take it 
care for it. Uh, we'll take care of it for you remotely. We will operate, we will have the maintenance, I mean, everything so that our customers, our investors just need to get, let's say, the uh, get their Bitcoin mining in the in the wallet. Is it? And we say Bitcoin mining sometimes as well. We offer services for other crypto mining equipment. But our aim, ultimate goal is to democratize Bitcoin mining, right? And this is it. So if whoever is decided to go, but they find their electricity prices too expensive or they have questions because several times it comes with the questions of how does it work, how to install, how to do the setup, the software, how will I receive my Bitcoin into the wallet? And so, well, we're here to support and take you, uh, take the hands with you and take you through the whole process so that you, let's say, go into a very, in a way that, you feel confident with it, you feel comfortable. And ultimately, and we always say it, if our customers decide that they want to cancel or they want to move their miner, the computer is there on our contracts, it's well signed, they have the ownership, we ship it to their home, uh, that's it, and they can do whatever they want, right? So it's a system that we believe that it will enhance and give these uh, people and the retail investors the possibility of accessing something in a way that otherwise would be too difficult or complicated. Yeah. And the other thing as well is we offer a, a service. Sorry, just, we... just, before, yeah. just before you go on yeah. to that, because I think you, you made some really important points. So um, what you're trying to do, you're trying to democratize it to people who, you know, they're not going to have a, you know, a Bitcoin mining farm of 10,000 miners. Um, is the minimum one miner? Can you, can you start with just one? Yeah, okay. Yes. So I can either buy my own miner and then ship it to you guys or I buy the miner through you or guys? You buy through it, it with us. You, you can buy it as well through us. So there's people that bring uh, their miners because they hire it into a different place. And they just want to bring it to us. We accept that. Or people that just want to enter into the into the, the industry and buy it through us and host it with us. You know? So it's like, it's like daycare for miners, you know, instead of you, you're looking after the kids instead of... Us is that pretty much, yeah. That's, and that's something very, very messy as well. A bit with the Bitcoin, <laughs> is they, they are noisy like hell. If you have yeah. one into your house, it's like uh, having a almost a you know a jet plane, <laughs> it's it's crazy. So, there are now these new ones which are uh, with the hydro cooling and so on, but the ones which are air cooled, it's crazy. Wow. Noisy. Terrible, you yeah. You can't, you can't be in a room with it, it's terrible. No, um, really. so. You obviously, you, I've got a miner or I buy a miner through you and then you're, you're maintaining it. That maintenance, obviously, you've got it powered, you've got electricity, you've got a network connection, da, da, da. Are yeah. you doing other things to it, like um, upgrading firmware and like what kind of maintenance are you doing for the, for the miners? Yeah, with the basic price, uh, which we call it the all-in hosting, we do basic maintenance, basic cleaning as well because, you know, some dust gets, you know, accumulated over time. So we do that. We clean if there is any software update we run it as well we update the, the miner uh, and then from time to time it happens because those are 24 7 operating machines you know some element may burn uh, some fan may break up uh, or whatever um, then we do this as an extra service we offer the maintenance as well so if for whatever reason your miner gets broken we take it to our um, as a repair center then we can look at it. Obviously, this comes with the extra parts and the, and the hours. This will come. It's like your car, right? So if you go to the workshop, you will get these extra fees. But we offer this as a complete service as well. So that our customers will not need to ship back their miner to their home. Everything's still localized into close to our data center. So, so that's pretty much it. And then there's people, you know, that maybe are a bit more technical and they would prefer to control the, their mining stats, take the mining pool, have it into their own mining pool and decide or do even themselves to have the, the remote access. So from uh, VPN, we can give access so you can get all the different uh, intrinsic parameters of the miner. If you're a bit of a jig and you want to understand, we can offer that. Um, but as well for an extra fee, a little fee, what we do is just uh, mining on autopilot. So if you don't want to take care, you just do it as a, some sort of investment. We offer as well this yeah. service on where we take care as if it was our miner. The only different thing is that all the revenues go to you. 
So at the end of the day, you get your revenues and you kind of lay back and be, say, without issues. Yeah. So there are a bit of some customers want to be a bit more on top. And they want to be a bit more and, technical. And, yeah, and, and for a lot of people think about doing this, um, are the payouts nightly or how, how is that paid out uh, in Bitcoin? It, it depends on the pool. So sometimes there is a little threshold, which may take two to three days to get uh, to that point, and then you get the payout. Okay. Some other pools uh, could be daily, and some some others even uh, every four hours. So it really depends. But let's say there is this minimum threshold that every pool has, you know. And, but it's it's like it's not like once a month. That's what is important. Right. So so for those thinking, you're just creating it's another very regularly, very regular. Yeah, so for those thinking you're just creating another Coinbase, it's not. You're actually, you the individual specifies their Bitcoin wallet. Your miner yes. pays out, depending on the pool, of course, every couple of days to that wallet directly. It's not going through you. You're not doing no. anything like that. It's just direct. We don't touch, we don't touch customers. Money. And this is the other beauty is that we touch the computer, we touch a technical system, we touch electricity, anything, but the Bitcoin mining goes directly to the customer. There's no yep. intermediates. That's very important, yeah. And sorry, I cut you off. You were going to mention something else after the maintenance and whatnot. Um, no, I think I think I covered everything. I think that that's okay. So yeah. Um, say- so sorry, I'm actually sorry, Gilbert. I'm looking at your website now, and it's yeah, really cool. You can just go in, select which miner you want, and look at where you want it to be hosted. Now you're leaving that up to the customer. What location you want it to be hosting? It can be Texas, Canada, Argentina, even Angola and Georgia. Um, and that you're actually showing the um, price per kilowatt hour there. Right. Um, is are you allowed? That's. Do you recommend where it could be hosted now, where it's cheapest and where it's safest as well? Because some of these areas, you know, you never know what can happen with governments or or geopolitical destabilization. How does that work? We have global customers, different needs, different sizes of them. So one could be a retail investor comes, I just want a miner, and probably we would derivate and send it to where some of our data centers that accept the, the MOP of one. Some others come and say, I have 200 miners. Some others come and say, I have five megawatts, a farm where I can install. So... This is not a decision that you go and, and choose the data center. It's a conversation you have with the with the customer, right? Okay. So for for small miners, I would say that it's a bit more direct. We we normally would send them to North America, to South America, Argentina, or to uh, Middle East because we have a bit more of a retail dedicated business in there. But there could be big investors that and then is where we could think of angola where the moq is hundred um you know hundred uh, miners so it really depends it's a conversation you need to understand the needs of the customer sometimes there are customers who say i want this location okay fine because maybe they live nearby whatever they may feel more comfortable some others may be might be uh, let's say the jurisdiction is very important it's very mind as well because today you're mining, tomorrow you're banned. And China has proved that, right? Mm-hmm. Kazakhstan has proved that. So uh, there are areas or maybe the jurisdiction is not, or, or the legal system in the country might not be as safe as it would be other areas, as US, for instance. So, yeah. or, or Dubai these days is becoming a crypto hub. We know mm-hmm. it, right? So they are investing on regulating it. And there are plenty of customers interested in the location. So, you know, it, it's a bit fluctuating as well mm. through the time and it's very important that we understand the needs of each customer so you sort of distributed decentralized amongst the data centers so for example argentina you mentioned if the government in six months time decide to ban bitcoin mining and you have to move you just move relocate those miners to yeah. another data center yeah and uh, what we offer as well is for whoever wants, we offer the diversification. You want to have few here, few there. Mm. So if tomorrow there's a problem in one jurisdiction, not all your operations get shut down, but just a portion. So there are not many, but few customers that have a portion here and there, at least in a couple of locations. Right? So, now, How many requests do you get from customers who buy one miner 
and they want you to take a picture of their minor or do a selfie with it. You know, show me my minor. Where is it? <laughs> no. One. One. Hopefully, they're not listening. I I tell you why I think I mean there is a a trust partnership in here when you have the the miner, and I think that's the beauty of it because if you invest in the Bitcoin miner, it's not something that is totally transparent, and then you get it. Sorry, it's something. It's not hidden or let's say in a mm. cloud, as I said before, and then you receive your Bitcoin. You have um, our, our pools always have the possibility to share what what we call the watcher link. So you can see live how your um, Bitcoin miner is performing live. So you can see how it is, not not, not the picture or the 24-7 video camera, no. I'm saying about the stats in the network, how it's mining. And this is what Mm. gives the, let's say, the confidence that your miners are there. If one drops, because for whatever reason, there is, I don't know, a shortcut in in the connection, whatever, the customer would see it live that that, that specific miner went down and could ask us, hey, guys, this one went down, down, mm. can you reconnect? So it's very transparent. Mm. So, and yeah, there is the fancy ones that need the picture to post yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. As I can just imagine it. Not- yeah, I can imagine it. Show me the serial number. I want to see a picture of the exact model. Um, I think they are as well realistic that for one miner, when we manage thousands of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have your own mining pool or are you joining... One mining pool or different mining? How, how, what mining pools do you work uh, with? We, it depends as well on the coin you mine. But for Bitcoin, we have a partnership with Luxor. It's, um, it's uh, the, the US company as well. So uh, it's going pretty good, very stable. The ongoing revenues, uh, it has very good stats. I, I would not say there are better pools than others in general. Some of them are a bit more expensive, a little bigger fee or not. Um, but the... What really matters is what are the stats you see, what are the different information, and for us it really works well. Uh, for for us, books. So we tried others, but uh, we stay with this one. And then for other um, other cryptocurrencies, I mean, sometimes are the customers that choose. The case, so we don't have really an issue. And each customer would have certain preference. And then there are important parts as well. If you don't mind Bitcoin, certain. Cryptocurrencies have only specific pools. So, knowing that, we, we then tell our customers and recommend whatever is best. So, you mentioned other cryptocurrencies. I don't know what other cryptocurrency there are. There's only Bitcoin. I don't, I'm not sure what what else there is, but that's okay. Uh, what percentage uh, is Bitcoin mining for for you guys, for your customers? In what, in what sense? Oh, um, so, what percentage? Of your whole operation total, is Bitcoin mining. 90 percent, ninety percent. I'd say. So but a bit of Dogecoin. Yeah, there is. It's recently coming. Maybe over the last month, a lot of uh, ant miners L seven, so uh, which mine the Dogecoin with uh, Litecoin. It's very profitable, but for us, and we really say it clearly to our customer, it's a bit of a bet, right? So, would you invest mm. in a shit coin? Well, if it goes up, fantastic. But you're paying here for something that needs to last at least five years to get your full returns and so on. Uh, well, still, there are customers or investors that go with it or or the cadena. It's very now common, the cadena. What is cadena? I don't know. As a project, as a currency, I don't see a lot of future, but the miners that are coming up are extremely profitable. How long this will last? I cannot answer that. No mathematical model can really answer this. With Bitcoin, on the other way, we have history already of you know years that we can really project and do some models. With the rest, is more of a speculative model. So our recommendation would be go with Bitcoin mining and then a little percentage you can go on a more speculative um, crypto mining. And you mentioned Dubai. Um, what's the Bitcoin scene like there, you, you met, like you said, it's a crypto hub. A lot of conferences and stuff like that. We always hear about Dubai. What's happening there? Well, I guess they are embracing crypto in a way that mm. has not been seen in uh, elsewhere. And I think that, um, despite, I think many regions are trying as well to catch up, uh, staying behind. 
And I'm not really sure if uh, areas like the US or Europe, they are really trying to go at that speed, despite there are voices inside those uh, areas that really want to progress and go fast. There's still all the establishment that I'm afraid that they, they are a bit scared of moving forward mm. with that, while Dubai is embracing it as an opportunity. And this is seen with all the startups going there, all the companies, and I think it's yeah, it's it's an opportunity at least for the times, uh, for the time to come. It's it's going to be very positive for the region and for anybody because it's not that you have to be the, the good part of Dubai is that they allow to to have uh, companies which are coming from external uh, so people not being. United Arab Emirates citizenship can open the companies in there easily. So it's quite accessible with, uh, let's say, little um, problems on the jurisdiction. It's very open. You can open companies through the internet, obviously through all the, the let's say, you have to go through certain identification steps, but it's really the way how I would see the world operating in a more <clears throat> decentralized way somehow, honestly. So why do I have to open my company if I can do it in Dubai with certain advantages and uh, if I'm a crypto business, obviously, I will have many more advantages, a clear regulation in there, and I will have lots of fellowships and, and other companies around that will be, let's say, um, providing services, help, whatever, right? So I think mm. it's that's why we choose Dubai in the end as well. Yeah, and yeah a lot of firms are moving there. So... Are the government offering any incentives or anything for startups to encourage them? <clears throat> yeah, probably there are some programs. It's not that we have really um, gone through this because what we have is a so-called, uh, we are in the Dubai free zone. So since we trade with uh, global customers and, and it goes then a bit, let's say, legally speaking, it goes a bit differently. So, but yeah, I'm sure there are programs and uh, Lots of incentives for different companies. So they're absorbing a lot of volume, new companies coming. And the good thing of it is the clear regulation that is coming up now in 2023, which is very positive. Because it's not like you're going to do something and you don't know if in a few months from now you're going to be banned or you're going to have yeah. any license issues, whatever. I think that's the positive part. Well, uh, this is a fascinating topic. We haven't talked about Bitcoin killing babies and the oceans boiling because Bitcoin's ruining the planet. Um, but for those listening who are interested in Bitcoin mining, maybe they already have Bitcoin in a, in a cold storage device or wallet and they're interested in mining, head across to, it's just the miningfuture.com. Yep, miningfuture.com. Um, and is there anything that we should have asked you that you want to say, like, any final thoughts or feel free to plug yourself however you want to do that. Yeah, let yeah, me know sure. what I can find in your part. <laughs> no, I think there is this narrative and I keep hearing from the people that does not really understand Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin mining is using more energy than Argentina or Finland or the Netherlands. And it's like, oh God, I get a bit mad with it because there have been now even studies that they say that the simple banking system today is, uh, I think there was 56 times what Bitcoin might, and nobody talks about mm. it. And yeah. These people hold their money there, right? And they trust their money in institutions yeah. that, are not, that are worthless. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a bit, uh, call it Bitcoin maximalist, whatever you want, mm. but the more I learn of Bitcoin, the less I like all the commercial banks, central banks, uh, governments, and maybe makes me a bit of a radical. I don't want to say it like mm -hmm. this, but it turns you into, it opens your eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my, let's say, final thought is, uh, or what I try to, to, my, to, to give to my friends sometimes as present is the knowledge I have, try to share it mm -hmm. as much as I can so that they can open the eyes uh, uh, the same way I did, uh, and wake up and say, well, there's other alternative compared to the ones that they've told us for the last 50 years. There are alternatives which are much better. Mm, and in the long run, I'm sure they will they will really make a difference in our world, in the, in the humankind. So really looking forward. I uh, hope, uh, let's say, I, I think we're still in very early times. Mm. But uh, yeah, we, we need to embrace it slowly and help yeah. others to get in to learn about this new technology. 
Fantastic. Well, uh, once again, can you hear me? Yep, you can. Yes. My sound just went crazy. Well, once again, Gilbert, th- thanks for spending your time. And, and we've we've covered mining before, so I'll link some of our past episodes mm. to what is the blockchain, what is Bitcoin mining. We go through pools and all that kind of stuff. Very important to understand if you wanted to get into this stuff. On the other hand, if you just want to get into it, head across to theminingfuture.com and buy one mm. miner and get started. And um, yeah, tell them that Faris and Gordon sent you. And... Um, yeah, uh, really appreciate your time, Gilbert. And I really like his, I don't know if that's your slogan or your vision, but democratizing, you know, Bitcoin mining, it's super important because until the last couple of years ago, it wasn't really possible, right? You had minimum orders, probably a thousand or 10,000 to join a mining farm, that sort of stuff. It wasn't really possible to start with one miner. And even if you're going to start with one miner, you'd have to do it yourself in your own home and you have to worry about electricity rates and maintenance and blah, blah, blah. So Bitcoin mining as a service or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's, that's fantastic. So, so you guys are doing a great job. So thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Faris, for having me here. It was a pleasure to share my perspective and as well from learning from you guys. So I wish you as well a lot of success in your project and see you around. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Don't forget to plug yourself. So where can people find you? Give us your Twitter or what, however people want to. Yeah, I'll give you my LinkedIn, the website as well, so you can find me there. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Gilbert. Stay in touch. And um, yeah, we'll maybe come back to you in six months or a year's time and see how the mining future going. Thank you very much then. Thanks, Gilbert. Pleasure. Thanks, Gilbert. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies But these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.